Hi, and welcome to the Millennial Preacher Podcast. Today's episode is going to be a very interesting one and one that I think is necessary. We're talking about being broken. Maybe you feel like you're in a place where you're all put together. Maybe you just came out of a season of being broken. Maybe you feel like you're breaking and maybe you are broken pieces lying on the floor and you don't know how to pick yourself back up. Well, today is going to help you. I believe it's going to be a change of day. We're going to dive into the word. Let's get going. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's show. It's your host, Ryan Roberts, and I'm very excited you're joining me today on the Millennial Preacher Podcast. Today, I'm talking about a subject that I'm going to be very honest with you. I have really been trying to avoid, uh, but I promised when we started this ministry, when we started this show, that we were going to talk about hard subjects and things that not many people want to talk about. You may not hear this on many other ministry podcasts, Christian shows, things like that, because we always want to preach hope, and that's exactly what we're going to do. But before we get to the good news, a lot of times we have to talk about some of the bad news. And so that's exactly what we're going to do today. I've had a very interesting couple of months. It's been a very, very bittersweet season that I've been in. I've been waiting to be able to to publicly talk about it because I didn't want to disrespect the powers that be. Now, let me explain my situation. I had been at the church that I had served at for six years. I had been on staff for quite some time, and before being on staff, I was the intern under the pastoral team, and I I didn't ever think that I was going to leave that church this year. I didn't think that it was going to happen that quite that quickly. See, I had a plan in my mind. I always thought that I would leave the day that I was ready to go plant my own church. I always planned that I would be married, that I would either have a child or be planning on having children, and that me and my wife would be starting out this ministry journey together, and that I could successfully, quote-unquote, leave my church and and leave it in such a way that I was going out to start my own church, to start my own ministry with a team of people, with with all these different things. And I always thought that was the way that it was going to be. And in fact, that is the very original plan that I had told my senior pastor six years ago that I wanted to do. But sometimes things don't go exactly as we want them to. But if we're trusting in the Lord, it happens the way that God wants them to. So this past year has been an absolutely incredible year for the life of our church. It was an absolutely incredible year for the life of of me and my family. But things changed as things got even better and better and better with the North Georgia Revival. and, And as our church grew, I grew. I changed. And it got to a point where... I, I felt like that we had completed the task, or I had completed the task, my assignment, at the church that I had been in attendance of for so long and loved so dearly. And many different circumstances brought this about, but about a month ago, I began having conversations with my senior pastor about potentially uh, leaving the church in a positive way, being blessed by him and, and the church staff, and leaving to go and, and go to another ministry. But there were so many holdbacks. 
For one thing, I didn't want to leave my church family. I didn't want to leave the friends. I didn't want to leave the brothers and sisters and spiritual moms and dads and even spiritual grandparents and all of those different people, all those connections that that I had built over the years. It can be very difficult to leave a place when you've planted roots. See, for some people, it's very easy to leave a church because they never planted roots. But for those of us that truly, truly, truly planted our roots and planted them deeply, It's not always so simple. It's not always so easy. It's not just a drop of the hat. I'm in and I'm out. And I think that's the way that God wants it to be. But it broke me. It broke me in a lot of different ways. After leading the youth ministry for six months in the guidance of our former youth pastor, who was becoming the executive pastor of the church, it was hard to leave those kids. In fact, that was perhaps one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. And I struggled for a long time feeling like I was going to leave them high and dry, quote unquote. But the truth be told is we can't really let anybody down if we're not holding them up. See, as a pastor, as a minister, as a leader, we are not meant to create an organization, a ministry, a group of people, a church, a small group, a whatever you may have the opportunity to lead, we were not meant to create that group to be completely and solely dependent on you as a man or as a woman or as a couple. We are meant to raise up spiritual leaders, children of God, stewards of the Holy Spirit, that can be led and follow God, that can follow Jesus. Yes, they may follow us because hopefully we're leading them in the right direction, but the ultimate goal as a pastor, as a ministry leader, is to be pointing to the one that can actually save them, that can actually heal them, that can deliver them, set them free, and actually lead them to the Father. And there's only one way to the Father, And that is through Jesus Christ. So it was never meant to be based on me. It was never meant to be based on any man that's on this earth walking around. It was meant to be based on Jesus. And praise God that I believe that the Lord has established ministry offices. That we have an incredible opportunity to lead his flock. That we have an incredible opportunity to steward what he's given us while we are on this earth. But let me tell you folks... Your ministry office, your position, your title, your piece of paper that says this or that, your denomination, your church-branded image, your whatever, will not go with you to the grave. I do not believe that when you come face-to-face with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and He's judging your life, you've already made it into the gate, He knows you're a Christian, you're covered by the blood, and He's judging your life, and what did you do with what He gave you? I do not believe one of those questions is going to be, what was the branded image, and who was your pastor? I do believe He's going to say, what did you do with the gifts, with the finances, and the people that I gave you to lead? Did you lead them to me? Did you lead them the way that I taught you to lead them? Where did you take them? I believe that that is biblical. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt in many different ways. When we feel like we're walking away, when we feel like we're, we're leaving a group of people to a certain place that we led them, 
and we're having to go to another group of people. I believe it's biblical. I believe that that is a God-ordained assignment. I believe that God tells us to go. I believe some people will, will be at the same church for most of their life, 20 plus years. But I believe that a lot of times we are only meant to be in a certain place, a certain location for a certain season. And then we are meant to hand it over to the next in line. It was an incredible opportunity, but I'm not going to pretend like it was easy. Yesterday was my final message at my former church. Hopefully, I'll get invited back someday. (laughs) But it was my final message as a staff member, as a youth pastor at that church. And I was ordained in front of the church after preaching my final message, and I was told to go. I was anointed, and I was sent. And it was a beautiful, beautiful experience. It was one that I don't regret, and I believe I'll remember it for the rest of my life. But leading up to it, I felt such an overwhelming weight of emotions. I felt very happy and excited, both for the event and for the new chapter that I was going into in my life, because I believe that I'm following the Holy Spirit. But I also felt very sad. I felt very sad because even though I have a good relationship with my former church, I can never walk back in that building the same way that I did for six years. It will never be the same again. That that season, that time is over. It's ended. It's in the books. It's noted, but it's gone. It doesn't mean I forget it. It just means that I can't go backwards. That's unhealthy. Do never, never stop. Never go backwards. Don't be like the Israelites in the wilderness trying to go back to Egypt and die. Instead, look forward to the promises of head ahead. God is a God of the future. He's a God of moving forward. As my old football coach used to say, nothing ever stays the same. Things may get worse. Things may get better. But nothing ever stays the same. And I believe that that is 100% truth. So keep moving forward. But what do you do if you're like me and you're in a broken place? Maybe you're not a ministry leader and you're listening to this and you're wondering how it's going to help you in your situation. Maybe you're broken because you're dealing with financial instabilities. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you're having a hard time finding proper employment and it's hard to feed your family. Or maybe it's, it's just hard to live the lifestyle that you always thought that you could provide. Maybe you have a great job. But somebody is harming you, hurting you, maybe mentally, emotionally, maybe even physically. You're in an abusive situation. Maybe a boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, a husband, a wife. Maybe it's, it's other people in your household. Maybe it's not people in your household, but maybe it's people in your workplace. Maybe it's the friends that you've chosen to surround yourself with. And you find yourself in a broken place. Can I tell you that it's going to get better? Can I tell you that if you are a believer, if you are a Christian, you will get through this. In fact, God promises that you'll get through this. I want to read to you from 2 Corinthians 1, verses 8 through 10. If you don't know much about the book of Corinthians, 
These were letters that were written by the Apostle Paul, the founder of the churches. He had sent pastors and leaders to these churches, and he's writing to the church at Corinth. He's dealing with real oppression. He's dealing with real persecution. He's being threatened with death and imprisonment. And he writes to the church at Corinth this way. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivers us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. Can you imagine? Now, I know you may be listening to that and you think, well, I'm not the Apostle Paul. I didn't live during that time period. I, I didn't see Jesus face to face like I believe the Apostle, the Apostle Paul did. However, you have it so wonderful. You are living in impeccable times. You and I are living in a time where the Holy Spirit walks with us every day. Now, here's the thing. You and I can choose to ignore the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with you always. He is so close. The the original language calls it parakletos. He is closer than any physical thing can ever be. And he doesn't regret it. He's always with us. He goes through every situation, good, bad, those that we put ourselves in, those that others put ourselves in. He is with us through everything, but we can choose to ignore him. And what I find most interesting, and I'll speak for myself, is oftentimes when I've ignored the Holy Spirit through all the good seasons, and then I come to a place, because you always will, where things are a little bit tough and a little bit hard, in that moment, after I've ignored the Holy Spirit, I begin to cry and beg for God's help. And I find it very interesting that I ignored him through the good times, but now I want him there in the bad times. Praise God that he is so gracious and he is so merciful. And he will always be there to forgive and to restart communion, a real conversation, a real relationship with him. However, it does not mean that we always get to escape the consequences. And maybe, maybe you have been in a situation where you caused the brokenness in your life. Maybe you cheated on your spouse. Maybe maybe you didn't make the wise decisions when with your spending and now you don't have any money in the bank and you're pulling it from your savings account. Maybe you chose to be in the wrong relationship even when you knew it was wrong. Maybe you went back to the drugs. Maybe you've went back to the bottle. Maybe maybe you know that you made the wrong career choice and you should have gotten out of it a long time ago. Maybe you made some decisions that weren't very good. It doesn't mean that there's not some consequences that follow these decisions. But what it does mean is that God will deliver us from the hands of our enemy. I love the Bible. (laughs) I love the Bible because when I read it and I read stories of men and women that got themselves in poor situations, 
they were always delivered when they cried out to God. They may have had to deal with something. They may have had to face the music. They may have had to deal with a little bit of oppression and some, some hard situations, but they were always delivered. Nothing ever stays the same after all. You will always find yourself in a new season. Now, maybe you're somebody, just like me, that you found yourself in a broken place. And it's not because you made wrong decisions. It's not because you chose poor pathways. It's not, it's not because you went back to something sinful or, or, or you weren't frugal or, or whatever the situation may be. Maybe you just find yourself in, in a broken place and you know you've been following and obeying the Holy Spirit. Well, what do you do then? I heard a quote about a month ago as I entered in this season. Any opportunity, any time that you try to obey the voice of God, it will always be met with reward. See, God is not after your wallet. Contrary to popular belief, he's not after your finances. God is not after every second of your day. He wants to be invited, but he's not after every second. He wants you to enjoy things. He, 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 he even wants you to work for your wages. God is not after your health in a negative way. God is not after your mental stability in an unhealthy way. Let me tell you what God is after. God is after your heart. It's a heart posture. It's real, radical, sacrificial worship. Worship is not four or five songs and a band. Nor is it a piano and an organ and a hymnal. Nor is it lifting your hands with your church family or falling to your knees in an altar. Those are examples of worship, but that is not the definition of worship. The definition of worship is sacrificially giving up something for something or someone else. And if we choose to worship God, we have an incredible opportunity to worship him with all things and everything. It is our heart he is after. I believe that God loves it when we sing songs to him. I believe he loves it when we give great offerings to him and put it in his storehouse at the church. I believe that God loves it when we take the early part of our day and the latest part of our night to read his word and to pray to him and to converse with him. I believe he loves that. And that is a relationship. However, if your heart's not in it, is it real? Just something to think about. Where are you at in the broken place? Have you found yourself in a place that, that is really hard? Have you found your, yourself in a place where you have idolized individuals, situations, places, or different things? And it's left you broken. Can I tell you something? God is after your heart. And if your heart remains, wherever that place was, wherever that hurt occurred, wherever the pain landed you, then your heart's not with God. See, I have a desire to give my heart fully to him. And I'm not perfect, but I'm learning. 
I'm learning, I'm experiencing, and I'm just sharing my experience with you today. We have an incredible opportunity to be broken, but be broken in such a way that causes us to hand deliver, spiritually of course, our hearts over to God. And when that happens, the broken place becomes a place of restoration, a place of life, a place of healing, and if needed, a place of refuge. I don't believe that it's wrong or sinful or or any of those things to be broken. I don't believe that it's wrong or sinful to come to a stalemate in your life where you just have to pause. We all need that Selah moment. It's okay to sit down for just a little bit, but always, always, always get back up. Don't stay down. Get back up. Phone a brother. Phone a sister. Phone a trusted spiritual father or mother. Talk to a pastor. Look to seasoned believers that's been through probably something similar to what you've been through. Find yourself with an attitude of sacrificial worship, not just on Sundays, but when you're at home or in your car. Find yourself crying, that's okay, but give your tears over to God. Don't worship a man, a woman, a business, your pocketbook, your bank, your car, your clothing, your kids, your spouse, your parents, or any of the above. Worship Jesus because he's worthy. God is not after perfection, my friend. He's after a heart posture. He loves you in your most best moments where you're having a victorious season. And he loves you at your most broken state. A good friend of mine used to always say that God loves to fix things with broken tools. If you're broken, guess what? God loves to use the broken. Just give your brokenness to him. I don't claim to have the answers, but I do say this to you. You're not alone. Don't be afraid. Don't be worried. Don't be nervous or even concerned. I know there's probably people in your circle right now dealing with a similar situation, but if not, I'm here, and I'm a little broken right now. But praise God, through last night, through conversations with people that I trust, that did not share in my bitterness, that did not share in any hurt, that did not share in any feelings of failures that I may have had, but who were able to help pick up some of the pieces and begin the process of piecing me back together. Ultimately, the Holy Spirit has to do that. But through the help of others, through building one another up, we can work together. We can work in accordance with the Holy Ghost and be changed for the better. Wherever you're at in your life right now, no matter where you find yourself, I want you to know that it's okay. I want you to know that God hasn't given up on you. I believe that. I believe if he had given up on you, you wouldn't be listening to this right now. 
I want you to know your life has value and purpose. If you are a man, you are a prince in the throne of God. If you are a woman, you are a princess in the most high court. You are worth more than you could ever know. You have a job and a specific purpose in the church of God, not some physical four walls building with some cement and some wood. That may be part of your purpose, but your greater purpose is to serve the worldwide kingdom, a 2,000 plus year old legacy that we affectionately call Christianity. Don't worry about being perfect. Don't worry about living up to a standard. Sanctification is a process, and I don't believe we'll ever get there until we are face-to-face with our King. But keep moving forward. Sit down for a moment. Relax. But get up and move forward. I love you, and I promise you won't be broken for long. Can I pray for you? Father, I'm thankful for my friends that are listening right now. God, I'm thankful for the pastors, the leaders. God, I'm thankful for the worship teams. Lord, I'm thankful for the youth pastors. I'm thankful for the evangelists. I'm thankful for the prophets. God, I'm thankful for the apostles that are listening to this podcast right now. I'm also thankful for the moms, the dads, the businessman, the businesswoman. I'm thankful for the CEO, the CFO, and the CBA. God, I'm thankful for the man who makes the sales calls. I'm thankful for the nurse at the hospital. God, I'm thankful for the doctor. I'm thankful for the dentist. God, I'm thankful for all of those that may be listening. I'm thankful for the teenager. I'm thankful for the old man. I'm thankful, God, for everyone in between. God, we are all on different paths. No two look exactly the same, but God, I'm thankful that we can learn from one another. God, I pray, Jesus, that as we open your word just for a moment tonight, I pray, God, that we learn something and we were reminded that even the Apostle Paul, who saw Jesus face to face, Lord, that he went through a season of real, true brokenness. And through his experience, through his prayer, it reminds us that we too will be delivered. So God, I speak deliverance to every situation. God, I speak mercy to any situation that any of us may have gotten ourselves into based off of choices. God, I speak deliverance to those that did not choose the situation they're in, but found themselves in a place of brokenness. God, I pray that every time that we wind up broken, battered, bruised, and beaten on the floor, God, I pray that that leads us to a place of complete and total surrender, that we are completely and utterly dependent on you. God, we thank you that you are so incredible. And again, I say, we are thankful for your grace and your mercy. God, we proclaim the blood of Jesus, not some branded image, not in the name of a man, a woman, not in the name of a church, a denomination, or anything like that, but in the name of Jesus, the only name that carries any weight and power anyway. God, I speak to those that are hardened. I speak to those that have found themselves depressed. 
I speak to those that feel anxious and I say freedom in the name of Jesus. Father, may this show, may this podcast just be one more point of contact for your Holy Spirit to move. Not me, for I can do nothing, but through Christ, all things are possible and nothing is impossible. God, we love you. I bless you, Jesus. And I'm so beyond thankful that you've never left me. In Jesus' name, amen. You've just listened to the Millennial Preacher Podcast with Ryan Roberts. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. Share with all of your friends and family, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. Look for brand new episodes of this podcast every Thursday. Until then, we'll see you later.